Hey everyone, it's Monica and I am here with Sarah today and we're kicking off the Be Fruitful series and last week was um, our series introduction and we just kind of talked about the fruits of the spirit and why we picked the fruits of the spirit and kind of an overview on what Paul uh, the apostle had to say about the works of the flesh versus the spirit. So if you had not had a chance to listen to that, definitely go back and listen because it's a really neat contrast between um, the works of the flesh Mm -hmm. and the fruits of the spirit and how we wrestle with those. Um, But this week we are going to talk about the very first fruit, the fruit of love, Love. which is something Sarah's like really not excited about. So she's really forced herself to get her notes together and like just really had to pray hard for a passion (laughs) um, about what, it, what love means. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm lost. This was really hard for me to find and, passion for this topic. If you if listened with us for a long time, you know that we did a Be Loving ages and ages and yes. ages and ages ago. And then we did the series Be Loved and Live. Mm-hmm. And then we re-aired Be Loved and Live. So, and then we wrote a Bible study about Be Loved and Live. <laughs> so we're really just bored with the topic of love. <laughs> well, you know, interestingly enough, I had to make sure that this time I took it from a completely different angle. Because I didn't want to True. be like, the, let's talk about love the Lord your God to heart. And what does it mean to love yourself? Yeah, what does it mean to love yourself? <laughs> Although I do kind of touch on that a little bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I probably from the time that I was a teenager, maybe even middle school, like love's just been a really big thing for me. I have a really hard time. Um, I wrestle with, it, it is a wrestle. I wrestle with the idea of people being saved and not being loving. I just really do. And I know it's not my job to judge. Mm -hmm. It's God's job to judge. Um, But I just really wrestle with that. Or or for someone to be unkind or unloving um, and not have any conviction about it. Mm -hmm. Because, man, my spirit gets all stirred up. Some people don't have as much conviction as others. I mean, Chris and I talk about this. He... He does not experience the same level of conviction that I do in life. Right. Neither does Addie. Ryland, though, is more like me. He experiences that level of conviction. So, do you know, you've got to make sure that you're not being judgy. But at the same time, there's a reason why love was the number one mm-hmm. fruit that was mentioned. And when you think of the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, they are attributes of Christ. Right. Right. Those are things that are attributes of Christ. And love was a part of his character. It wasn't something he just did. Right. And I think, again, when we talk about the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit, how you made mention that um, fruits of the spirit are things that we can be and how works of the flesh are things that we do. Yeah. Um, that really is so true when it even comes down to love. Right. We make love look like it is action-packed and not necessarily heartfelt. Exactly. Right? right? And and really this kind of love that we're talking about is a it is a being kind of love. It is not the romantic kind of love. It is not the um, even brotherly kind of love. It is the uh, it is the Christ-like agape kind of love. Right. Um, I decided to go with a Bible verse in first Corinthians. Cause we know that in first Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, mm-hmm. which I think everyone listening had read at their wedding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to talk about that a little bit, but I've decided to call this particular series or uh, podcast on love. Love never fails. Mm. Um, this is something that has become Addie, my daughter's favorite Bible verse. And Aww. she has no idea that I'm doing this today. And she'll probably never listen to this podcast. So she'll probably never know that I'm dedicating this podcast to her. But, um, 
I could not be more thrilled that my daughter is trying to live out the concept of love never fails and that that has become her Bible, her favorite Bible verse. Um, I've seen it in her life and I just want to tell a little story because it often doesn't come without conflict mm-hmm. to show real love usually comes with some sort of conflict. Um, yeah, she's 10th grade and, um, she has lots of friend groups. She doesn't have just a friend group. She doesn't have just a best friend. She's very diverse in her groups of friends. Um, and she, if you'd ever told me that she was going to have a bleeding heart for the person who hurts, I would have been like, not Addie, right? Because Addie's just, she's a little more emotionally, um, I say stoic, but not in a bad way. She's just more like yeah. Chris. I'm a feeler. I'm mm-hmm. an expressor of my feelings, and she's not so much. Right. Um, but recently, she uh, there's a girl who, you know, as high schoolers can be and as things can go in high school, she um, just had treated the girls in a way that was not kind. And so what do you do when that happens? You separate yourself. Well, this gal um, has been very lonely. And she's been completely cut out of a lot of the girls' lives. And a couple weekends ago, there was a Christmas party that Addie had not been invited to. She thought she was going to get invited, and she was okay with that. Um, She had other plans, and then those plans fell through at the last minute. And this other girl, who had kind of been kicked out of the the group... um, she uh, didn't have anybody to hang out with, and she had been trying to get together with Addie for quite a while. So, long story short, Addie gets together with this girl, and um, there's this girl at, at the Christmas party that uh, gets really aggravated with Addie because she's hanging out with this girl. You know how high, how high school is. You feel like you're picking one friend over another friend, and you know, you're supposed to talk to her or whatever. <sighs> the drama of yeah, high school. Yeah, it's so drama. You pay right? Me. Yeah. So Addie tells me later on, and this meant the world to me, uh, you know, I asked her, what are you going to do? She's like, I have nothing to apologize for because I did nothing wrong. She said, Mom, the time this girl and I were together that night, we were laughing and having a great time. She said, she looked at me and she goes, I haven't laughed this hard in months. Mm. And Addie told me, she's like, Mom, no high school girl should ever have to say that. Right. And she said, I did the right thing by being with that person that night. Man, that is love. That That is is love. love never fails. And Addie paid for a good week. From this other friend, and, and because she talked about it with everybody, and, and, you know, Addie was the topic of conversation, the Christmas party. Since then, Addie and that girl have rectified things as well, and they're good. Good. So I'm grateful for that as well. But it was hard for that week for my girl, mm-hmm. um, because she knew she had done the right thing, but this person who's really good friend over here was mad at her for it. So I say that to say that in loving properly, it will often come with conflict, because... Right. The battle is real between the principalities. Yes. Right? And so if we're going to love well, Satan is going to fight hard. Absolutely. And he's going to try to make it where it's not so easy. Um, So I just want to give this shout out to Addie. And I want to give it to anybody else who might be struggling with this idea right now. And for you to be encouraged that there is nothing more rewarding than when you do love well. Well, and just before you go on, just to, to note, like the other girl that had a problem with it obviously is missing the fruit of love in her own life mm-hmm. to be so ch- uh, uh, challenged or insecure um, about that. What was Addie was doing with the other girl? Like yep. she wasn't, didn't feel loved. She's not feeling love for herself. Yep. And so all of that insecurity stems from a lack of love in her own life. And we talked, Addie and I talked about that. We talked about some things that were going on in, in her life, others lives. And, um, 
I also think that she knew Addie was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of made her mad because yeah. she wasn't at a place where she was willing to put down the fruit or the work of this flesh and live out the fruit of the spirit. And Addie did. And, I, and, and Addie's kind of doing that a little bit more. Yeah. And I think she was just kind of like, well, what are you doing? Right. Right? No, we don't do that. Right. So it, it was really good for me, a mom, to see my girl do that. But, um, she, you know, God came through for her to where she was able to withstand what was going on negatively because she knew that she had done right. the right thing. And that's my encouragement to everybody. Yeah. Just be willing to move in the right direction because God will help you withstand yeah. the wiles of the devil. Right. He just will. Right. And that reminds me, um, we went to uh, the Grove Christmas event yes. from Passion City Church um, back in December. And one of the speakers had um, suffered like a life-altering stroke and should have died and um, 10 years later is like speaking on stages in a wheelchair, but like talking about it. But she made one statement that I have just like, it's resonated in my mind, which is we have believed the lie that good and hard can't coexist. Yes. And that's what that story is, is at the good and hard, but they always really go hand in hand. They do. Doing the good thing is the hard thing. That's right. A lot of times. Until we are in heaven... That is the the tandem. That's yeah. going to be the tension, and yep. and we've talked about that. Tension's not necessarily bad. It's not. There was a whole catalyst conference called yeah. the tension is good. The tension <laughs> is good. So let's dive in here for a quick second. First Corinthians thirteen eight. Love never fails. Three words that you can put into your head, memorize, and ask yourself at the end of the day. Did my love fail? Mm-hmm. Love never fails. Okay. Um, and I love this. the The Greek meaning of faileth because it's it's. KJV. Would be the KJV involved. roots are showing. Faith. Never, never faileth. <laughs> word was like, I'm sorry, that's not a word. Because <laughs> it's 2018. <laughs> but never faileth. It literally means when you say faileth, falls away. Uh, Real love never falls away. Yeah. It never withers like the petals of a flower. Wow. Right? So real love never withers and dies. It doesn't yeah. go through a growing time and a dying time. Right. It always is. It never falls away. It's always there. Aww. And so I think that's another great self-reflection. Yeah. Is, is the love in your life that you have for other people always there? Mm-hmm. Or has it fallen away? Have you allowed it to fall away? And that can look differently. That doesn't mean, and I talk about this, that we don't have boundaries. Because right. we have to have boundaries with certain right. people. But you can still love well across the fence. With boundaries. That's exactly Jesus right. Jesus loved well with boundaries. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So why is love so important? David Guzik Thanks goodness to Monica Seeley. She sent me this. I'm like, wait, I know him. I read this. <laughs> the fruit of the spirit is love. It is fitting that love be the first mentions because it encompasses all of the following. It may even be said that the following eight terms are just descriptions of what love looks like in action. Mm. It would have been enough to mention only the single fruit of love for love embraces all the fruits of the spirit. Uh, and why am so I passionate true. about love? Cause it is it. It's it the gospel. It. It's and the story. God is love. Yes. It is who he is. And he wants to, if we're made in the image of God, he wants, and he is love, he wants to impart love yes. onto that. We are made for created. this. Yeah. This is not just something that happens. We were formed and fitted. We were fashioned to be lovers of people. Billy Graham says, the Bible declares that we who follow Jesus Christ should be just as much in love with each other as God was in love with us when he sent his son to die on the cross. And we're not. No, we're not. We should, we, we are so self-reflective. We're so absorbed in our own agenda and what we think is fair and what we think is good that we do not love each other 
as God loved us, as much as God loved us right. when he sent Jesus on the cross. And this is another thing that Addie and I were talking about. You know, listen, we didn't die on the cross. How can I love you any less than that? If he can love you that much, who am I to love you less? Mm-hmm. If I am supposed to be like him and I have not died for you, then how can I not love you well at the capacity in which I'm capable? Right. We should be. Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, as you can tell, I'm getting a little getting geeked, a little up. geeked up. Okay. <laughs> so I've just broken things down um, into three little points because you know me. I'm a point person. Um, number one, love starts with learning to accept God's love for yourself. And we do have to start there because I would argue that one of the reasons that we are not loving well is because we have not truly accepted the love that yes. Christ has for us. We don't know what it really looks like because we haven't received That's, it. We won't receive it. We mm-hmm. don't think we're worthy. We don't, we're scared of it. We think that means we're going to have to go to the mission field. We think that means God's going to tell us to get on the pulpit and, mm-hmm. and talk about all of our issues that we've, you know, that we don't want We do not want to accept the enormity of the love. We want to get out of, of hell free card right but we don't want everything else that comes with it and that again is the deception of satan because he knows how great our lives will be and how transformed this earth would be if we truly did accept the true realm of the love that god has for us we know that in matthew 22 38 39 and other um uh, scriptures. It says the greatest commandment in the Bible is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. We did the whole series, and I would yep. encourage anybody who hasn't listened to it to go listen to the the Love Yourself series yeah. um, or podcast. It's a, it's a healthy kind of, of love. Um, this is not look in the mirror and love yourself. This is the accepting of the enormity. Yeah, it's not the girl, you hot today. That's right. You look good. Although if that's a byproduct, so be it. <laughs> Um, so again, I would just argue that that we haven't accepted it because we're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is because we can't do it. So how could somebody do it for us? Right. Um, we have to remember that with God's love, there's acceptance, there's forgiveness, there's purpose. He didn't fashion us and form us in a certain way only to turn his back on us. We are the ones who have turned our backs on him. Right. Um, and in doing that, we live in fear. We have a need for control. We live in ignorance because we aren't even willing to educate ourselves as to what a Christian love looks like, yeah. what a godly love looks like. It's more than just a death on a cross kind of love. It's a live free kind of love because you're just as as he created you to be. Um, you know, he's not going to create you one way and then hate you because of it. Right. right? That's I, so true. I've often said that when we sit around and talk about all the flaws that we have, all the things that are wrong with us, we're basically looking at our creator and saying, you made a mistake. Right. And he's basically looking at us and saying, no, you just don't understand. Mm-hmm. You haven't trusted me enough with how I fashioned and formed you to know what your purpose is in my kingdom. Right. And that's really what this all boils down to. It's about our purpose in the kingdom. Jesus Christ, he knew his purpose in the kingdom. So he was able to get past the, the fleshliness, right? He could have chosen to react in flesh, but he didn't because mm-hmm. he understood the greater calling. He understood his greater purpose. I don't think we understand our greater purpose. I don't even think we know there's a greater purpose. I think right now we think our purpose is to get out of bed, to have a hot meal at, for dinner, to get the laundry done, to pay the bills, to find a new job, to should I quit a job, uh, to lose weight. Like we think those are our, our purposes. Mm-hmm. Those are not our purposes. Those are just things we do along the way. Right. Our purpose is preparing ourselves to be whoever we're supposed to be for the kingdom, 
You're kingdom builders. Right. So it's that, that perspective, right? You've got to accept the love of Jesus that he has for you so that you can accept yourself and quit hating who you see in the mirror. Yeah. Because you cannot impart what you do not possess. So if you don't possess great love for yourself from a love of God, you will never be able to love your, your spouse well, which I would argue is why our divorce rates are so high. Absolutely. You cannot love your children well, which is why I would argue that so many kids leave home and never go back. You cannot love the world around you well, which is why a lot of us feel lonely because we can't love well because we aren't allowing ourselves to be loved well. Absolutely. Um, secondly, I would say, well, and here I, I, I put a God's love never fails. Trust it, accept it, fill up on it so that the outpouring of his love on you is what spills over to others around you. You don't have to conjure up the power to love other people. It is through the love that you allow Christ to bring in and, and up and out of you through the Holy Spirit is what's going to pour over and give you the ability to love other people. Absolutely. And we're all capable of it because as we talked about last week, this isn't a gift that some people right. have that others don't. This is something that we all get. Yeah. Like the seeds are all planted it's at the there. moment of salvation. So That's are right. you growing and cultivating it? That's right. And you do have to be willing to be yeah. an active participant. Secondly, love is more about loving well than loving much. And I think this is incredibly important because it's the do and be concept, mm -hmm. right? Um, Beth Moore, little long quote here. In Christ, we aim not only to love much, but to love well. Alone, loving much is susceptible to obsession, overprotection, ownership, and deception. Its sheer enormity can blind, but loving well not only sees, it discerns. Its heart grows smart, not gullible. It is knowing. Not naive, loving much can turn to hating much with stunning velocity. Mm. Loving well can grow all the days of its life without stunting its object. It, it embrace, or its embrace release. It affirms worth without worshiping. Loving well does not hover lest it cover the wellspring of him who is love incarnate. There's a lot of things to unpack there. Um, I would argue that we think loving well requires lots of action and lots of time. Um, and I would also argue that we confuse loving well for controlling that which we are trying to love. Mm. We think because <laughs> we're doers. Yep. We think that loving well means that we control everybody, right? That we hover. And it, she says loving well does not hover. Right. When you hover, you cover the wellspring of him who is love incarnate, right? Yeah. Um, I would argue also that such true love stirs such emotion that it is uncomfortable and we don't like it. It's so true. Um, and the opposite of love is hate, which we don't want to feel. We don't want to experience because it's so vulnerable, right? I tell Chris sometimes, I'm like, you make me feel hate in ways that no other relationship in my life does. <laughs> he does. But he should. Right. Because I love him with such enormity. And I love him so vulnerably. And I love him so imperfectly that when he does something that stunts that and gets my flesh all going up. Love is the opposite of hate. You're going to feel the opposite and you can't be afraid of it. You have to learn how to, um, how to handle it. Right. Right. And so what happens is we don't want to be hurt. So we cut ourselves off. We build that brick wall. I don't want to be hurt. So I'm not going to allow others to be able to affect me. I'm going to turn my emotions off as much as possible. And we kind of become hard hearted. You can't love well when you've become hard hearted. Stone mm -hmm. hearts don't love. Right. Right. They're That's cold. So they're insensitive. Um, and most of the time, I, again, would argue that we're doing it out of self protection right. and preservation when really what we're doing is we're stunting our own experience yeah. of love. Um, 
Loving well also doesn't mean not having boundaries. There are some people that you have to have a wall. You have to have, but I would say it can be a soft wall. Mm-hmm. It can be a, a, a fence. But just because there's a fence doesn't mean that you can't love over the fence. Just right. because there's boundaries doesn't mean you can't have agape despite yes. the boundaries. So I have, and this might be a little bit of a digression, but um, I have used this example with several people which is the story of the Good Samaritan. And like we like he's the standard. He's the litmus test, right? Like he went out of his way to help the guy that was um, beaten up and left for dead on the mm-hmm. side of the road. And we can all agree that he loved. Like he showed yeah. such love in that. But he did not invite it into his home. Mm-hmm. He went and got him a place. He took care of it. He got him treatment. He got him care. But he did not invite a whole lot of stranger and a whole lot of crazy into his home. That was a boundary that he had. And he went about his business the way that he needed to, but he was still loving, but he had boundaries. And so, you know, I just, I've I've had some friends that have had situations where like literally inviting some stuff into their home that ended up being completely combustible um, and really dire situations afterwards. And I was like, don't feel bad about putting that outside of the walls of your house. That's right. Because that the Good Samaritan didn't invite it in. And he's the example of love. So you can love with boundaries extremely well. I love that. And and I think it's important too. We have to remember that in loving well, we're not being we're we are not becoming Jesus for people. Right. Our love should be pointing them back to Jesus. Yes. Right? Our love should be pointing everyone that we touch back to God, not to us. And when you become the crux, when you start inviting everybody into your home Mm -hmm. and you let all of that in, people are going to come to you all Mm -hmm. the time and they're not going to go to God. Right. So sometimes you have to put that boundary down so that God can walk the journey with that person and that person isn't not listening to God and only trying to walk that journey with you. Yes. And this is, it's a situation. Don't hear me say never invite people into your house. Oh, no. That is not what I'm saying. Saying at all, I'm no. just saying situation Boundaries. by situation, yeah. prayerfully show love the way God would have you to show it. Love, families. love that never fails learns how to love well. Mm-hmm. What are some ideas, Monica, that you have had where you have tried to learn to love well? Um, gosh, <laughs> like like examples from yeah, like I mean read a book, listen to podcasts. Is there something you've tried to put into, to, cause as a mom, mm-hmm. as a wife, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we are challenged daily on how yeah. to love well. Yeah. I mean, definitely there's, there's been different books that I've looked into, mm-hmm. whether it's, um, for being a wife, for parenting. I mean, loving well, I think is almost harder as a mom than it is a wife sometimes, especially when you have kids that are so opposite Mm -hmm. from each other Mm -hmm. or opposite from you. Mm -hmm. And so, um, loving well looks different for one than it does for another. Mm -hmm. You can't like, there's not one blanket, like here's how I love my kids that, um, covers both of them in ways that they need. And so that is really hard. Um, I mean, sir, I mean, you know, we're, over here at Be Still Be Free, we're just consumers of podcasts and books yep. and, and articles and whatever we can get our hands on. But, um, you know, being loving a lot of times with the kid that it hurts the most is being hard or yep. pushing them towards situations that they're fearful of to show them that they can do things yep. afraid but become courageous through it. Like, mm-hmm. those are all acts of love. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to walk through as a parent. Ugh. But um, It's so hard. When to hover and when to not. When to hover when to lean and when, in, to, when to lean out. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, for me, one of my kids is just created very differently than I am. And I was talking to a sweet friend that I had lunch with yesterday, and we were just catching up on the kids, and I just said, you know, 
I'm just committed to be the mom that she needs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm having to grow. I've even gotten a life coach that I talk to yeah. and talk through things with and get a little counseling. And um, that hasn't, you. I would never have thought that that's something that I would do because I just kind of felt like one size fits all. But we'll talk about this in right. practical application that there is a lot out there. There are tons of resources that you can find to help you Yes. Become wiser and better educated on how to love better. And to not be afraid to ask for for help. That's right. Because that is why God puts those people in place. And like you realizing, I might need a life coach for this. Or, you know, like I guess I had this thing in my mind of like once we got through like those toddler early elementary years, like it'd be smooth sailing. And then realizing, oh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This That's is not wrong. true. <laughs> and like how I parented then has to change yes. now because they're older or um, the way they're wired, it needs to, I mean, it's just yeah. all. And you know, you get caught up in the, but I make dinner for them and I do their laundry or I show up at work and I do this for my coworkers and back and forth and back and forth. But again, loving well is not doing things. Mm-mm. It's, it's knowing how to love well. Mm-hmm. It's learning what that looks like and becoming yeah. that and letting it be a wellspring in and out and through you. And I would say too, and I'm just now thinking of this, but like, you know, as a fruit grows, it gets bigger on a tree. And I think the fruit of love grows in shape and in, in color yeah. and what it looks like as we continue to develop it too. So like how I loved my kids so when true. they were born you know, it's grown since then, but that also means that it has to look different. It does. And I think that, um, as that grows and as you tend to that garden more and you learn more about it, this next one becomes a little easier. Love is given freely without expecting anything in return. Yeah. Right. Because we do like to keep score a little bit and we are waiting, you know, how are people going to love me? I mean, there, I have got a couple of people in my life and I love them and I've just come to accept that they are never going to love me the way I need to be loved. They don't know how to display it. They don't know how to do it. Um, I could be angry at that. And mm-hmm. these are people that are really close to me. So I don't have the the um, convenience or the luxury of saying, oh, well, you know, right. just create separation, right? Um, this word for love doesn't refer to a warm feeling, right? It's not about the, the warmth of the heart and all right. the ooey-gooeys or, you know, when your family's all together at night and you're watching TV and eating the twinkle lights are on and, and the Christmas. it feels so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a deliberate attitude of goodwill and devotion to others. Yeah. It's a deliberate attitude of goodwill, mm. wanting good for other people. Right. You can say, I love you, but when you put the term wanting good for other people, that sounds a little different than just, I love you. Right. I mean, what if at the end of a conversation, instead of saying, hey, I love you, see you later. If you said, hey, I want good for you. Oh my gosh, how much that would change. Can you imagine? It makes the meaning so very different, wow. right? Um, it's our devotion to other people. There's not a better chapter than 1 Corinthians 13. And it's funny because I read somewhere that 1 Corinthians 13 is almost like its own rendition of the fruit of love. Right. Right. Yeah, and for sure. so you got the fruits of the spirit. But then you've got all the fruits of love. Right. Um, and, you know. The love tree grows its yeah. own fruit. <laughs> yeah, the love tree grows its own fruit, right? Um, it, I think what I want to focus on here is we, we all kind of know the love is patient, kind, does not envy, and so forth. Um, and verse 8 is the love never fails. What I really want to focus on, though, is verses 1 through 3. 
If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love. Now, speaking in tongues back then was a really big deal, right? So that's why he's talking right off the, the bat about if I can have, mm-hmm. if I have the ability to speak in tongues, which is a universal language, but I don't have love, I'm just noise. Mm-hmm. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, so if I do, right? If I do and do and do, if I give and give and give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what's so important here because what is your motivation behind the love? Mm -hmm. Is your motivation behind the love so that you're pointing people back to Christ and you're spreading the gospel through the, the gift of love or, or the fruit of love? Or are you just doing that because you're hoping to get something back out of right. it? And here's the deal. As long as we keep looking um, to the world upon the horizon to make us feel loved, we will never feel loved. It is not until we look up mm-hmm. to where the cross points mm-hmm. that we will truly understand what being loved feels like. Yeah. Insanity, the definition is doing the same thing over and over again, wishing for different results. We've got to quit hitting our head on the idea that people in life are going to make us feel loved. Right. They're not. They can't. They right. don't have the capacity. Right. They're flesh. They're human. Yeah. They only have what we have. Yeah. But if we will look to the cross, if we will look to Christ and allow the Holy Spirit that is inside of us to meet that need, we will be okay loving other people well. We will be yes. okay with an attitude of goodwill and devotion to others because we don't need it back. Yeah. I mean, I heard a sermon one time that talked about how, like, the Jerry Maguire movie lied to us all. Because you can't have one person complete you. You can't. Like, no human was made for that. No. Like, literally cannot hold And that what you is need. huge about marriage. Again, while so many marriages are failing, is because we want our spouse to complete us. Yes. He wasn't created, he or was, she was not created, to complete not us. Not to complete, but to complement. To complement. Mm-hmm. There's only one thing that completes us, yep. and that is our relationship with Christ. So just real quick, I have a couple of practical applications. First is self-reflection. Do you love others well as Christ has loved you? Do you give to receive? And what is your ultimate motivation for loving others? Really sit down and ask yourself those questions. Why are you loving people? Yeah. Because you want to feel good about yourself? Right. Or because you want to point them to God? Right. Secondly, get some some resources. Go out there and get the five love languages. That's one of my favorite books. So good. I've, I, I'm a studier of people. I try to figure out what people's personalities are, what their love language is, so that mm-hmm. I can love them in the best way possible. I have a friend who one time was like, I hate all those books, and, da, 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 and I was like, I don't, because those books have helped me love you better. Yeah. And she just kind of looked at me, and I said, that's what those books are for. They're not so that we feel like we have more things to have to do. It's so that what we're doing, we can do better. Right. Some people will use them as a crutch for their own behavior. Yes. But the point is so that I can have relationship with you yeah. to the best of its ability. So I can be the best version of me in our relationship. Yeah. So I can be somebody that you can depend on. Yeah. And I'm not up and down and all over the place. And right. one day I love you and one day I don't. And you're yeah. not allowed to talk to this person or talk to that person. or you. But there's none of that. Mm-hmm. Because you... Don't complete me. Right. Right. Right? I'm here to compliment you. You might not give it back to me, but that's not mm-hmm. what the Great Commission is. The Great Commission yeah. is, is that I give it to you freely, mm-hmm. daily, no matter what. Yeah. 
So that's my beloved. I love it. Be fruitful and be loved. Love it. Love never fails. And well, we're just getting started, everybody. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) Let's have a let's have a come to Jesus. Well, I will close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that um, you have loved us so much that even though we're created in your image, you know that we were created as humans and that this whole purpose of us being here on earth is so that we can grow and be um, more in your image so that others will come to know you. And so I just pray that you will point us in the right direction each day as we walk along the rest of this week. Um, Give us little insights and wisdom and discernment into how we can cultivate the fruit of love love in our own life um, with those that are in our immediate circle of influence. And we just thank you for everything that you have done for us so that we have an example of how to do for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.